0: Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world, one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. I'm excited to be in church with you. I'm Pastor Louie, I'm the Fullerton Campus Pastor, and it is my honor to be here with you. Today, being able to serve up this message for you this morning. Come on. Super excited, super excited with what I have to share. But before I even jump into that, again, I want to welcome all of you here uh, in the building. We got our leaders and directors. It's great to see faces across from me. Great to see our leaders and directors. And it's all I just want to welcome those at home. If you got a new person in your house, a new family member, a new friend watching with you, make sure you welcome them. Let them know the, the love of uh freedom house the love of god and and how much we welcome him we're so glad that you're logged on live with us it's so glad to have you here but uh i'm excited to bring to you a message that i believe uh, god has placed on my heart to give and deliver to you in this time uh, and as I jump into that, I do want to honor some people. I want to honor Pastor Josiah and Pastor Marie. Our lead pastors are actually on vacation. They've been doing a tremendous job. Pastor Brian just said it, you know, you know just earlier about how awesome they've been leading us, and they've, they've been leading us very, very well, leading our church very well, so I want to honor them. They've been leading me very well. Uh, I've been on the phone with Pastor Josiah so many times, asking him questions like, what should I, what's your thoughts on this? What's your thoughts on that? Because I want to make sure I'm leading well in this time as well, so I want to lift them, lift them up and honor them and, and, and bless them and may the Lord refresh them in this time, in this moment of vacation and rest that they're taking on. also want to honor my wife and my kids. My wife and my kids, um, actually I got my, my wife and my daughter outside doing the emergency relief kits outreach. That's where I'm normally at on Sundays. I'm out there with them. They're doing that. They're they're giving out those bags of groceries and, and those emergency relief kits. You know, thank you for your generosity. Again, your generosity allows us to do that. They're out there doing that. So I want to honor them. And I got my boys. I asked them to be in here. And let me just check real quick. Yes, they're over here on my right. I told them that they got to go out. I wanna see them, but uh, my boys actually have been contributing to that as well. They've been uh, packing the the emergency relief kit bags on on Thursdays or Fridays, I believe it is actually, and uh, so that we can distribute them well. So uh, I love them. They've been doing really well in this season. I want to honor you guys. Yes, you across the screen, across across the camera. I want to honor you for all that you have taken on because Lord knows you have taken more, more on more than you ever had probably in your life. Uh, you're dealing with so many things. You're taking on the, the weight of the season, but yet you're still persevering. You're still leading with faith. You're still coming online, whether it be Facebook or YouTube. You're still attending connect groups on Zoom. You're going through growth track. You're still serving through, through what? Whatever it means you can by, by speaking to people or sharing the link with people or, or serving through your giving and your offering, man, I want to honor you because what you're doing in this time, we've been in this almost four months now, and you have been doing amazing. You've been doing tremendous, and I want to honor you in this time as well. Well, with that being said, I get to honor of, of sharing the message as we continue the season series with you. And the season series has truly been a a, a great um, eye-opening time for me because it's allowed me to see that the seasons that we're in or the season that we're in is all purposed. It's all purposed by God. It's all purposed by God. And at the end of it all, God will get the glory and we will be able to benefit from it. Amen, isn't that an awesome thing? Why don't you go ahead and put amen on that? that. And our benefit will come through the change that takes place inside of us in this time and in this season to set us up for what's next. And what's next, you may ask, I, I'm not sure. Maybe it is, it's another trial. You probably didn't want to hear that. <laughs> maybe it's another tough season. Maybe it's a, a, another obstacle or, or just maybe, maybe, maybe it's the next miracle. Maybe it's the next breakthrough. Maybe it's the next outpouring. Maybe it's the next revival inside of your heart, inside of your home, uh, or or, or wherever in your workplace. Maybe it's something that you haven't even thought of or imagined. Maybe, maybe. The truth is we'll never know. (laughs) We'll never know what's next, but what we will know is that whatever is next, it is purposed by God, and we will get to benefit from it because God is so good, amen? Why don't you go ahead, type seasons in the comment box right there. Or if you're in your living room, tell that person next to you, seasons. We're going through seasons right now. I believe that I want to share with you it's going to add worth, add value to uh, this time that you're going through. And it's going to add value to others around you in this time as well. If you need your notes, if you're online, You could click the link on there they'll put it up for you the message outline is on there i created a a sheet for you just like our pastor does i want to make sure i do it exactly the same way he does it and make sure you're taking notes because note takers if you know the rest go ahead and finish that out in the comment box or you can say it in here are world shakers note takers are world shakers and uh so make sure you're taking notes now now let's jump into the scriptures okay now, what I'm going to talk to you about, as far as that seasons go, is going to be out of the book of Joshua. And we're talking about Joshua, who at this time was the leader of the nation of Israel. Okay. Joshua was a great man of God. He was the leader of the nation of Israel. He just succeeded Moses, who Moses was the leader of Israel at the time, but he had passed away. So leadership has transferred over to Joshua in this time. Now it's Joshua's time to lead the people of Israel. So in the scriptures, we're reading what's going on here. He assumed command and his responsibility was to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. Moses led them out into freedom, but Joshua was to lead them into the promised land. Now, currently, they weren't in the promised land. He assumed responsibility. He needed to go to the promised land, but there was something in between, and it was the Jordan River. Now, the Jordan River at this time was overflowing. In this season, they were coming off winter season. The Mount Hermon was filled with snow, and the snows were melting, and it would pour into the Jordan River, and because of that, it would be at peak season for the Jordan River, so this wasn't a time for anyone to cross the river but they needed to cross it in order to get to the promised land so that's where we are right here so we're going to be reading out of joshua chapter 3 verses 1 through 6 and then i'm going to skip a few verses and go into 14 through verse 17 okay so let's follow along right here the bible says someone type and say the bible says then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel, and, uh, of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. Speaking of the Jordan River. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. And go after it. Yet there shall, this is verse four. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way before. Now I just want to stop here in verse 4 because verse 4 is very I I got to see something last night that wasn't in my original notes but God showed me it and I want to share it with you. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. So Joshua is telling the people of Israel saying the ark is going to go ahead of you but you people of Israel the ark is going to go ahead of you and the Levites are going to carry it. The Levites at that time were the priests of the time, the, uh, to contextualize the pastors of the time, I guess you, you, if you want to give it that word, but they, that's who they were. There were spiritual leaders carrying the ark, and they were to go ahead of it. And Joshua says, "But you are to put a space between you and the ark that it's up there. And it's not just to be any amount of space, it's to be 2,000 cubic cubics uh, cubic a uh, uh, measure by measure. Now you might be saying, "What is 2,000 cubits?" And I, I researched and I wanted to know. And 2,000 cubits is 1,000 yards. Now, if you could tell me how many football fields that is, then I will give you an A plus for effort. Okay? If you said 10, you're wrong. It's not 10. It's 8.33 because you got the 100 yards and you got the 10 yard at each end zone. So that was a trick question for you. But anyways, 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 there was 2,000 cubits in between them. There was a space. There was a a long space for them to see the leading of the ark. Now, in biblical times, the ark was the representation of the presence of God. So they allowed the presence of God to go before them. Allowed the presence of God to go before them so they know how to be led by him. They allowed the presence of God to go before before them so they knew how to be led by him. Okay, so there was a concerted effort to put up a space. Now today, in this day and age, we don't need to put an ark. We don't need to put something in front of us to go in front of us to represent the the presence. The presence of God is with us. Okay, but the point I do want to make and the thing that I do want to extrapolate from this part of the scripture is this. That there was a concerted effort to make a space for God to lead them. There was a concerted effort to make space for God to lead them in a time where they did not know how to be led or how to approach. Because in the latter verse it says, do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go because for you have not passed that way before because you have never gone that way before. Now I bring this up because this quarantine, no one's ever gone this way before. And we may be going through it all together, yes, but everybody's going through it in a very unique way, in a way that you have never gone through it before. So I want to tie these two things, two thoughts together is that as we go into a place that we've never gone before, it's super important that we as a people make space for God to lead us through it. Because if we're not making an effort for God, uh, for a space for God to lead us through it, then how are we going to know which way to go in it? Okay, so so take that. That's just the nugget. Let me let me move on. Let's go to to verse five. Verse five says, and Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Now sanctify, the word sanctified and I want you to get this because this is the foundation of why I, I, this message is going to come across. This is what God placed in my spirit to give to you in this time. Sanctify in the Hebrew means kadash. It means to, to be set apart, it means to be holy, it means to be different. So he says, set yourselves apart, be different, be holy, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Now Joshua is speaking in the prophetic because he has not yet seen a wonder among him yet other than the one that Moses has led him through. He hasn't seen the ones that he's about to lead them into, so he's speaking prophetically. You're about to see wonders, so sanctify yourself. Get holy, be different, because you are the people of God. Verse 6, Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Verse 14, So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan, remember the Jordan's overflowing, the river, with the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the, the Ark dipped on the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. Verse 16, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaretan. So the waters then went down in the Sea of Arabah, the sea failed and were cut off the people crossed over opposite Jericho so they crossed over a miracle took place this is the miracle that he said, sanctify yourselves for the Lord is gonna do wonders among you this is the first wonder this is the first miracle that Joshua was leading the people and this is the first miracle that in under his leadership that miracle the miracle of the stopping of the Jordan and they were able to cross over this miracle of crossing over was preceded with their holiness and that's the point I want to make there and I also want to make this point in every season there are miracles for the people of God to be had go ahead and tell your neighbor there are miracles for God that God wants for you in this season go ahead and tell them that type it in the chat box Uh, tag someone in the chat box and let them know there are miracles in this season that God wants for you now let me read the foundational scripture of this whole series Ecclesiastes 3.1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, and a time, to be, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted. Seasons may be different, but every season requires the same, but different, but holy response. The title of my message is There is a Difference. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the word that you're about to release. Father, may it not fall on hard soil, but may it fall on soft soil. and may take root, Father God, amongst your people. I pray that as I'm up here, Father God, as I have received it, may I give it, Father. May my flesh, my own thoughts, my own perspective, my own viewpoints get in the way of what you're trying to say through me, Jesus. Anoint me, anoint my lips, Father, and may it come out in a way, Father God, that, that, that the people of God run with it, Father. May it lift their faith, Father God, move in us and change us in our hearts. In Jesus' my name, amen. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and turn to the person you're watching with and tell them there is a difference. There is a difference. Now, as I said earlier, it's been about four months since the season uh, that we've taken on. Uh, you know, has, has, has gone on, where we've been in quarantine and we've, we've uh, been in, in home shelter in place, and things are just starting to slow, slowly open up. But in those four, four months, within those four months, it just started with the COVID-19 season. It just started with the COVID and it just started with uh, this being out there. We thought like, oh, it's only gonna take maybe a week or two or what have you, or, or maybe I thought that, I wanna assume that you thought that as well. But, you know, it started to, to continue and continue. We have, and in this time, we have felt the effects of what being quarantined has done to us on just on many different levels, from an economic level. We have gone uh, we, from economic. We have felt the effect of many who have lost their jobs, and maybe even you, who, who maybe you lost your job. Maybe you're part of the 40 million out there that, that lost their job right now, and, and we're feeling it economically right now. You're, maybe you're feeling it more personal in your homes right now uh, because uh, because that happened to you. You know, mentally, many of us have gone through. Maybe mental health issues because of the lack of social interaction, because of the job loss, because of the pressures and uh, of the quarantine, and what's taking place, what has taken place inside of the quarantine as well. In the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of this pandemic, we as a people have even been faced with the atrocity of of social injustice and racism that has been brought to the forefront by videos showing us the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. We've seen the protests. Fighting, fighting, for, fighting against uh, social injustice and, and racism. We've seen all those things. We've seen these protests against, against quarantines. We've seen protests against racism. We've seen so many different variations of what's going on in this place that has affected us in this moment and in these times. All these things, all these things have compounded on top of each other, challenging us in many ways, but specifically challenging our emotional capacity. Now, in the beginning of the quarantine, I remember I I read this quote by by a great leader. Uh, uh, He was a a great pastor, a famous pastor. He said that we don't uh, manage a crisis. We lead ourselves through a crisis. We don't manage our way through a crisis. We lead ourselves through a crisis. And I agree with that 100%. But I also have seen and learned that the one thing that we do manage in the time of crisis is that we have to manage our emotions in the middle of it. Because as we lead... Our emotions are attached to so many of the pressures and so many of the things that are going on in this world right now. Not only outside, but inside the home. Because if I talked and gave this mic to every one of you watching across the screens right now, you could probably tell me about the pressures that you've been feeling at home and some of the things that you've been going on in your marriage, some of the things that have been going on with your children, some of the things that have just been going on. You've been feeling the pressures and it's been impacting you in different ways and causing your emotions to rise up. Pastor Josiah said this, your emotions are great companions, but horrible leaders. And if you allow only your emotions to lead you, then you're not going to be led well. Because as people, our emotions can lead us into acting a certain way. And in moments of of pressure and in moments of crisis, it's real easy to confuse our emotions with our convictions because that's how strong our emotions can be. And in high pressure emotion moments or in seasons in our lives, And see seasons just like this, just like this, our actions can lead us into conducting ourselves in not the best way. Seasons, seasons may influence your actions, but should never influence your conduct. As believers, our seasons should never influence our conduct because as believers, our conduct is to be holy. Our conduct is to be set apart. Our conduct is to be different. Our response should always be filtered through the lens of holiness. There is a difference. Pop quiz real quick, just based on what I just shared with you. What is being holy? If you know it, put it in the comment box. What is being holy? I want us to grasp this because remember, this is the main thought and the main thing that I wanted to share with you this morning that God has led me to. It is to be different. It is to be different. And I I want you to understand to be different uh, holiness in, in, in the manner of that phrase to be different because sometimes people see, believers see holiness to be something as far off, often something, uh, you know, off in the distance that, that you're trying to attain. But ultimately, it's not as far as you think. It's just being different because you are a believer, you are a son of God, you are a daughter of God. It is to be different. Now, this next thought that I'm going to share with you, it is going to be a little bit heavier than I like to present in the beginning of my message, but I felt it appropriate to put it in, in this part of the message because it, it is going to challenge you and and it is something that I'm going to be very honest that, that was heavy on me that I wanted to share with you. So the, there's many ways that, that I can express to you on how you can be holy, but I felt it best to give you a thought process and a filter to figure out how to be holy in this time with the actions that you take so you conduct yourself in a certain way. But this very specific thing is something that I wanted to make clear to you and, 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 and to our church and, and, and to the people of God is, that, is that, that we should not be doing. One of the most unholy things, not so different in the world, that we can be doing right now is speaking against the church, speaking against the body of Christ, speaking against the church is unholy. Criticizing whether the church is opening too early or too late, criticizing whether the church is doing enough, is doing enough or not enough, criticizing whether the church is posting the right things or the wrong things, sending emails out of criticism to the church or slandering churches on Yelp reviews and Google reviews, all of that is unholy. Now I'm sharing this with you because God does not bless a critical spirit or a complaining one. The Bible says that the church is the bride of Christ. So let me help you understand this. And I please receive this with love because I'm sharing it out of love and I want you to be blessed. If the church is the bride of Christ and Jesus is the groom and we are sons and daughters of the house, that that leads to the church being our mother as Jesus is our father. Now in my house, in my house, when one of my kids tries to talk back to their mom, my bride, you better believe that I'm going to step in and I'm going to immediately tell them that they're wrong and out of consequence, they're going to fall out of favor with me. Now, hear, he, don't hear what I'm not saying. When I say they fall out of favor with me, it does, I'm, not take, I'm not taking away the favor from them. They are stepping away from the favor that I'm giving them when they speak against their mom or the bride or my bride. So the same is true when it comes to the body of Christ, the church, the bride of Christ. God is not going to bless your criticism towards it. He never has. You look at the word. The word backs me up in this. God does not bless complaining spirits or criticizing spirits. It's unholy to speak against the church. Let me just Let that sink in just a little bit longer, and I'll just say one more time, it is unholy to speak against the church. God's favor is on you, okay? God's favor is on you, so let me encourage you, his favor is on you. He loves you so much, and he has has so much set aside for you in this season, but it's not coming through complaining or criticism. It's not going to come that way. There are miracles God has for you in this season that your holiness is going to set you up for. Life's miracles, breakthroughs, God's outpouring. Our outpourings are preceded with our holiness. God is not trying to keep anything away from you in this season, but your holiness is going to determine how it's released in this season for you. Somebody say there is a difference. Now, going back to the story of Joshua, Joshua knew the difference. He knew his holiness was going to get him through this. So the, the, so picture this. Okay. So I want to, I gave you the scriptural context of what was going on. I want to give you a more of a humanistic point of view of Joshua because he was just like you and I. He had just assumed command from Moses. He had just stepped into a leadership role that has, that he has never stepped into before leading a nation. And on top of that, he was tasked with an overwhelming responsibility of conquering the promised land. So think about that, okay? We look to the scriptures and we see Joshua, a great man of God, but sometimes we miss the the humanity behind it all. Joshua was just like you and me, a human, taking on this new role and new responsibility, leading the nation and leading them spiritually as well. So think about the stress that brings on. Think about the worry that that can bring. Think about the anxiety maybe he even went through about carrying this whole thing. Say, oh my gosh, the leader that I went to for questions, the leader that I went to for prayer, the leader that I went to when I needed wisdom and discernment in my life, he has just passed away and now it's on me and my shoulders and I am to lead all these people. And in the same way he led me, I am to lead them. The weight of the season for Joshua was being compounded by these two things things that he's never done before, leading a nation and conquering the promised land. His human capacity, leadership capacity, emotional capacity are being stretched to their limits. And he has no idea how to navigate it. How do we know this? Because in Joshua chapter one, four times Joshua is being told, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God goes with you, four times. Now through my experience and my wisdom, there's many times, often more than four, that I have to encourage someone when they're stepping into something new. Or sometimes there are many times where, where I need to get encouragement on my end when I'm stepping in something, to you, in something new. Typically, when we're asking for encouragement, we typically are receiving it where we're feeling in a, in a state where maybe we can't handle that. So by the by the four times he's been encouraged to be strong and courageous to do these things, we can infer that maybe he probably thought that he couldn't have the strength or the courage to do it. So what does Joshua do in this time? With all this weight on him, all this all this worry uh, and all things that have been compounding upon him in this season, he does what he knows is best. He does the best thing that he could possibly do. He leads himself and the people to get holy before God. Sanctify yourselves, he tells them, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. There is a difference. This brings me to my first point. Point number one, how you set yourself apart will determine the miracles you see in the seasons that you are in. How you set yourself apart will determine the miracles you see in the seasons that you're in. Crossing the Jordan was an amazing miracle but there was another miracle they were needing there in that moment another miracle that would they felt that was greater or in joshua's eyes that was greater and bigger than splitting the jordan and you might be thinking like well they stopped the jordan river the big river that you know that was coming down that was overflowing they crossed over that was a miracle how can you say there was another miracle that was bigger than that now all miracles are big all miracles are great okay but For them, you have to understand, they saw the Red Sea parted. So the stopping of the Jordan River for Joshua and the people of Israel was not something as they saw for the first time. was not something that they thought, can God do it or can he do it? They knew God can do it. But what they didn't know, they didn't know of the miracle of conquering in the promised land. They didn't know of the miracle of conquering the largest city of Jericho, the first city going into the promised land. This next miracle they needed was about conquering the biggest, the baddest, most fortified city in the promised land, which was Jericho. So, jo- so Joshua knew this. He knew this. Okay, we, we, in, in the beginning, I said we had to sanctify ourselves. We had to come together. We had to set ourselves apart. We have to be holy. We, ha- we have to do something different. Okay, well, you know, maybe we need to get back to that. We need to get back to that. So, so, so miracles happen, you know, uh, proceed our holiness. So, so let's get back to holiness. So what does he do? He says, okay, let's get holy again. There's always moments to get holy again. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen, and amen. You can always get holy again. So this is what he does. He does in Joshua chapter uh, 5, verse 8 through 9. He says, and this is right before they're about to go into into Jericho and conquer the land. This is right before the angel of the Lord came and told them what was going to happen. This is what he does. He says, we need to get holy. I got to lead the people to get holy. Uh, Again, verse uh, 8 says, so it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach. Of Egypt from you. Now there was a circumcision that took place at that time. Now, in that time, you know, it was, it signified a setting apart, a holiness of the people of Israel. It signified in the physical, a setting apart, what equaled in the spiritual, they were a holy people set apart, a people of God. Okay, so they had the act of circumcision. <clears throat> and, and that act of circumcision represented a cutting away of the old things so that they could be healed from them. Now, for us, we don't go through that physical act, okay? So I don't want you to picture that. That's not a great picture right there, especially for your guys. Definitely not a great picture. But, but we need to understand that the circumcision of the heart needs to take place. The cutting away of the old things need to take place so that we can be healed from them because our healing is a part of our holiness. What things in your life do you need to cut off so that you can be healed from them? Take a moment and think about that. If you're having trouble trying to figure that out, well, let me help you. If you're dealing with the same old thing over and over again, it's probably in that area. Same old thing in your marriage as a husband, same old thing as, as, uh, in the marriage as a wife. Come on, same old thing in the workplace. You're dealing with things that, you know, there's probably certain areas in there that you just need to cut off. You need to stop going out. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, you, 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 they open up the economy back up and you decided, like, I'm going to go back to going out and drinking with my friends, going out to the bars because they're open. Maybe that's something that you need to cut off. Or maybe you got so lonely in this quarantine that you called up the ex. Maybe you, you called up the ex and, and, and maybe you had a moment of enjoyment, but that's all it was is enjoyment and now you're beating yourself up about it because you know what? That's something that you needed to cut off in your life that you needed to be healed from. What things in your life do you need to cut off so that you can be healed from them? The people of Israel, now get this and receive this, the people of Israel knew freedom because Moses led them out of Egypt. But what they didn't know is that they were never healed from the slavery that we're in until they cut off the old things of their past. Many of you have been led into freedom through knowing Jesus Christ, but you haven't been cut off. Uh, You haven't been healed because you haven't cut off the old things of the past. Your holiness is directly correlated or in relationship with your healing. Things of the past need to be cut off. And when the things of the past are cut off from your heart, then healing can take place. Your healing is a part of your holiness. Have you you allowed yourself to be healed yet? James chapter 5 verse 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This is one way to receive healing. Okay, And I bring this up because I remember uh, we're doing the Ephesians midweek Bible study. And Pastor Marie said something so profound that made so much sense to me. And she said, you may have many voices in your life, but you need the right ears. More voices don't mean more healing. The right ears for listening brings healing. How do I know this? And why did it, it, it hit me so hard? Because I've confessed myself to, to many people. But those many people didn't bring healing to me. They never led me to healing. It wasn't until I confessed those things that I needed to get healed from to the right ears that I started to receive healing in my life. And I believe there are many of you out there that you're confessing your things because that's what the Bible says, but you're confessing them to the wrong ears because they're not leading, the ears that you're giving them to, they're not leading you to healing. More voices doesn't mean more healing, the right ears do. Here's a filter for you. If you want to know, like, well, how do I figure that out? Here's one way people who are fr- friends who tolerate your hurt will never lead you towards your healing. Don't allow people to tolerate the, people to be around you that tolerate your hurt because they will never lead you to that healing. Maybe that friend, maybe that friend is not the person for you anymore. Maybe that's it. They were there for a season, but no more. Maybe it's time to move on and find a friend that will bring a healing. Lead you towards healing. Our holiness is needing for our hearts to be healed. There is a difference. Point number two. Your heart is the filter to your holiness. Your heart is the filter to your holiness. One of the greatest leaders in a believer's life is their heart. One of the worst leaders in a believer's life is their heart. You may be asking, like, that's opposite. It is. But they're both true. Matthew 12, 34 says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever you place in your heart, whatever you're placing in your heart and whatever you're saying is a direct reflection of what you've placed in your heart. Luke 6, 45, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The, mouth, the, the heart is a storage compartment. What are you storing in your heart? Are you storing good things? Or are you storing evil things? Because if you're storing good things, then you're going to be led well by your heart. But if you're storing bad things, then you're going to lead, be led poorly from your heart. What you say leads to how you conduct yourself through your actions as well. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. If you maintain a pure heart, then the manner in which you conduct your actions will always be holy, will always be set apart, will always be different. A pure heart, Matthew 5 eight. blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Your heart is your filter to your holiness. Your heart is your filter to your holiness. Now, as I'm about to close up here in the beginning, I mentioned how the season had begun, how it started with the COVID-19 quarantine, the job loss our nation has has taken on, the, 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 the mental and emotional health that people have suffered in this time, and the social injustice and the racism that's taking place all of this has compounded and has stirred up emotions inside of us to act in certain ways and in my opinion from what i've seen on you know from from talking to people and from what's seen on social media it's, it's some of the ways that we have been responding are very holy very different signifying and showing the world that we are a people of god but some not so much some not so much through all through it all, we are believers. Through it all, we are Christians. Through it all, we we are children of God. And in this, we cannot lose our holiness. The season we're in, with the things that are going on and, and 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 the actions that were taking place, remember, take action, but conduct yourself in a holy manner as you do it. When you're posting on social media, on your Insta stories, if you're putting up stuff and calling people names, then that is not holy either. If you're if you're if you're criticizing church, that's not holy if you're doing things that, that, that are contrary to, to what it looks like to be different following God that that is unholy. Do not allow this season, do not allow this time to steal your holiness because your holiness, through your holiness comes the miracles that God wants to release to you in this season. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not telling you don't do things. Don't take action. Don't stand up for what is right. But what I'm saying, conduct yourself in the right way. Conduct yourself in a way that is pleasing and holy to God, it's going to come through, it's going to come through your conduct and your actions, your, your holiness, and how you set yourself apart as a man of God and a woman God and the actions you take that will determine the miracles and the outpouring that is to be received in your life. Life miracles, breakthroughs, outpourings will come when the people of God set themselves apart and conduct themselves in a holy way in a holy way with the actions that they take. Don't let the pressure of this season steal that from you. Be different, be set apart. Say what you gotta say, do what you gotta do, but conduct yourself in the holy manner because in every season, though they may be different, your holiness, the way you conduct yourself should always be the same. People should always be able to identify who you are in Christ. People should always be saying, there's something different about you. They might not say it's God, but they should be saying, there's something different about you. If you found yourself in a place where where in the beginning they said, there's something different about you, and you used to hear that all the time, but now you're not hearing it so much. Now it's time to ask your question, why did they stop saying it? Why did they stop saying it? Is it because I'm acting out in the same way that the rest of the world is right now? Is it because I'm not behaving in the manner that is pleasing and holy to God? Is it because I'm being too influenced by, by you know, the, the so-called uh, influencers out there? And you know if you're an influencer, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to offend, but, but I don't know who's an influencer nowadays. Everybody calls themselves that. We as a people need to be setting ourselves apart. First, Peter chapter 1, 15 through 16 says this. It says, but Jesus as he who called you is holy. But just as he who called you is holy. Sorry, I misspoke there. So be holy in all you do for it is written. Be holy because I am holy. So let me read it to you this way, okay? But just as he who has called you is different. So be different in all you do. For it is written, be different because the I am different. The Lord your God is different. Jesus is different. Your Savior is different. Your King is different. Your Father is different. Be different. Be different. Be different in all you do. There is a difference in how we are to respond in this season. There's a difference in how you respond right now. Now, I've shared quite a bit here. A bit of a heavy subject. Typically, a lot of the times, you know, when it comes to the word holy or holiness, sometimes it's hard to receive. And the reason I said that is because when I was growing in, in my faith with Christ and in the church, holiness was, was always a harder subject to receive because it caused me to look in the mirror. It caused me to self reflect and see the things that, that I, I wanted to ignore. But like I said, those very things. That maybe I wanted to ignore, maybe the things that you wanted to ignore, the very things that need to get healed because our healing is predicated upon our holiness. They go hand in hand. They're in relationship with one another. So if this message right now, we're about to pray right now because I'm going to pray for you and I want you to respond as you see fit. But this message was to encourage you and challenge you in a way to be better as a believer, as a man of God, as a woman of God and be better according to the the faith convictions that God has given you and placed inside your heart, not the social or economic convictions that's trying to place on you. Okay, there's nothing wrong with those things. But first and foremost, we are believers, and there's a way that we are to act. So in this moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in there, maybe you're standing up in, in in your living room, Maybe, maybe you're, you're sitting down or maybe you want to kneel right now because you feel the, the Holy Spirit upon you and I feel like the Holy Spirit is filling so many households right now. The Holy Spirit is starting to do a work right now in you. There are moments of this message that is, has, has, has got you, has pierced you, and that is causing you to, to respond. This is that moment for you to allow God in, to allow God in, allow the Holy Spirit in and do some healing. Maybe there's some things that you just need to cut off from your past that you don't need there anymore because you need to be healed. Now in Joshua chapter 5, he's, he said they, they, they were circumcised and then they were healed. And then they went on to the action of conquering the promised land. So as you cut off the things of your past, there's a process of healing that needs to take place for you to step into that miracle that is next for your life. Because if you go into that next blessing, that next miracle, that next thing that God has for you damaged or still hurt, then it's only going to damage you that much more because you will not be able to to handle the weight of what God is trying to give give you. So in this moment... Don't resist what God is trying to do to you right now. Cut those things off. Say, God, I give this to you. I give my drinking to you. I give my cussing to you. I give my the relationships that I've had in the past that I keep calling up, I give that to you. God, I give you the very thing that I have been ignoring because it's brought shame and it's brought reproach. What well, the Lord and the Spirit of God says to you, he's about to remove the reproach of your past. He is about to remove the shame because as you give it to him, him he's gonna heal you so let me pray for you father in heaven i thank you for every single person that has listened to this message your word as you as you have spoken to them father god i pray you come down upon them in such a powerful and tangible way that they know the Spirit of the living God is upon them right now. May the Spirit of God fill them to the overflow, fill them to the brim, and may healing take place. I pray that there are, right now, I see moms and dads crying, Lord, because you are healing. If you are crying, don't shy away from that that's God healing you right now you're feeling something inside of your chest something inside of your heart that is the healing that God is God is bringing to you that the Spirit of God that is God's hands placing on being placed on top of your heart and cutting away the things the very things of your past no longer do you have to feel ashamed no longer do you have to feel embarrassed because God says I never even looked at that in the first place I saw you not through the lens of your mistakes or your past. I see you through my son Jesus Christ, I see you with purpose, I see you with hope, I see you with promise, I see you with the destiny, with the destiny that I have created you in. I see you in a manner that is great and holy before me because you are my son, you are my daughter and I look at you with love, I look at you with grace, I look at you with mercy, I look with you and I see and I smile upon you because that's how my I love you. Come on, go ahead. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC Today. See you next week.